welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast where we talk about all things Blizzard and not about the winter weather, which is still persisting because of course it is. I'm Ann Stickney. I'm hosting again today because why not? But I'm also joined by Matt Rossi because he's always here too. Hey Rossi, how's it going? It's very dry. Yeah, we were talking before the show about the weather because Blizzard Watch also does talk about Blizzard from time to time, I guess. Uh, yeah, We it, just keep it to the pre-show cold. when we're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's cold and snowy up here, so I'm I'm staying well aware of away from any like zone that's got like snow in it. Uh, not, it just makes it feel colder. Yeah, don't ever go to frost fire during the winter. I mean, it's unbelievable how cold you will feel. I like, thought yeah. winter spring was bad until they came out with frost fire. And if you go, it, it's this weird kind of phenomena. And the thing is, is like, I don't I don't know why it does it. I really don't. But if you live in a cold area and you go to a cold place in game while it's cold outside, you will feel colder. I think it's because you're aware, like there's always like a lingering bit when it's really cold. And even if you've got your heat on, there's always a little lingering bit of awareness of the cold. And then the game is providing you with all the sensory stimuli and it's tricking your brain. And it's like, I know what this is because I was just outside in it five minutes ago and it's really freaking cold and it's still cold. Oh, God. So, yeah, I, I don't know how it works. I'm sure there's a, a name for the phenomenon, but it's frost fire. Is it's weird because it never works in the other direction. Like it never works in the middle of the summer when it's really, really, really hot out here. Because, I mean, it'll pop up over 100 for like a good week or two out here, if not more, depending on whether or not there's any wildfires in the area, because that's also a thing. It doesn't matter if I go to like a hot zone in game, like I could go to the Barrens or, or Tenaris or any of the desert areas. I won't feel any warmer. Yeah, I don't... It's just the cold. (laughs) I think it's because, for me at least, cold has some really significant sensory, like, prompts. Like, there's a sounds and so forth. Sounds and sights that tell you, oh, it's going to be cold. Whereas, for being warm, it can look like just a gray nothing day and still be really warm. And there's no sound of wind that tells you, oh, here comes warmth. Uh, But I don't know. I'm just... But yeah, that's... World of Warcraft has been making me uncomfortably cold for several expansions now, so, you know, I'm staying the heck away from those zones. It's just very bizarre. But regardless, we do have things to talk about today, so we should probably talk about them. Hey, just in case you were unaware, Blizzard Watch just turned four years old. I think it was on Saturday was actually our four-year birthday. I, I, I had an email in my folder from Adam basically saying, okay, here's how to set up the podcast that we're going to start doing. And, uh... So yeah, that's that was how I remember. Oh my God, it's it's been you know I I it's been three four years. years. Yeah, it's, it's been four, four years. years since we went ahead and started up this up in the absence of the other site, which shall not be named. It was Wow Insider, guys. That's what it was called. Anyway, um, but yeah, so happy birthday to us! Yay, woo! You know what? Episode number two hundred of the podcast came and went, and we didn't do a dang thing about it. No, nope. and we said we were going to. I'm sorry, guys. Maybe we should have done something, but we didn't have anything planned, so I'll just keep a closer eye on episode numbers. Um, Regardless, 
Yay, happy birthday to us. And speaking of things to be congratulated on, the mythic world first race for the Battle of Dazar-Alor has been beaten and taken down. Method finally managed to take down Jaina Proudmore and clear the place yesterday. It was yesterday morning, I think, early yesterday Something morning. Something like that, yeah. Which wasn't, it wasn't early in Europe where these guys were actually raiding from, but they had made a number of attempts on her late, 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 and actually, I should say early, because I think it was like the wee morning hours when they finally called it the day before. Um, yeah, that was fun to watch. Did you watch the stream at all? Did you did you watch the broadcast at all? Because they were broadcasting actually, their attempts. I didn't watch the broadcast much. Um, I did, like, I think I popped in once or twice, but I was uh, more paying attention to it through other ways. I wasn't really watching, because right now it's not really a... It was kind of fun. I had um, Twitch open because my TV in the living room, I've got the whole Amazon Fire Stick thing. So I've got the Twitch app on there. So I pulled it up on the TV in the living room on the big TV. So I'm sitting there watching them do pull after pull of Jaina Proudmore. Meanwhile, the commentators are going on with their thing. And I'm just watching it. Do-do-do, doodling away. Well, not doodling away. I was actually working on a blanket that I'm working on. But anyway, so I'm just sitting there watching them raid. And my brother comes in. He comes home. And he comes in. And he stops. And he's, like, watching the TV. And he finally goes, what is this? <laughs> and I said, it's a world first raid for, or world first race for um, clearing this raid. And he goes, this is a raid. I said, yeah. He goes, so this is the thing that you used to do all the time. I said, yeah, but I wasn't on this level. Like we didn't stream or anything, but this is what we would do. And he sat there and he watched it for like another minute or two. And then he goes, wow, you're a nerd. And then he <laughs> I I was going to say, I I can't argue with that. I really can't. But um, yeah, watching them actually play was really, I, it brought back all the memories of when, uh, when we used to raid like all the time. Um, Yeah. And I kind of miss it sometimes. I'm kind of like, maybe I should look into getting a raid guild again or something. I I get that feeling from time to time, but then I read something like I read today that they literally put themselves into like millions of gold worth of debt. (laughs) to do this like they they basically crashed the economy of three servers oh boy for the worth of materials yeah. yeah yeah and it's like so then they would have to transfer those materials to a different realm which again you can do with gold because you can you know buy wow tokens with gold but you're do you know what i'm saying like the amount of gold they're spending doing it the amount of effort put into farming it up or it's just like my god the the sheer volume of effort is just kind of terrifying to me. The... Well, anyway, technically speaking, M- Method also got the world second kill because they went ahead and killed her again after the server reset this morning um, in Europe. But if we're not going to count a secondary clear as the, the world second, I believe Limit just killed Jaina Proudmore on Mythic too. So they've completed it, I think. Uh, somebody was talking in the chat channel about it, and I think, yeah, they went ahead and got the world second. So, Limit was right there. Oh. Limit was ahead for a lot of it. Yeah, they were, and Method caught several, up and just, like, hammered that thing until they got it down, and it was pretty entertaining to watch. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think it's ever going to be anything on the level of, like, you know, watching the Overwatch League or anything like that, but I, I kind of like it. 
I, I really like that Method has decided to like stream their attempts at these bosses and things. I know from a logistic standpoint, maybe, you know, you don't want to be broadcasting your strats out there for the world to see or whatever, but I like the fact that they're confident enough that they could go ahead and do that and still win the race anyway. It's like, yeah, go ahead, watch the tapes, watch the streams. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You're not us. You know, it, it, I don't know. I, I just, I liked watching it. So yeah, grass to method on that. Um, we had some other stuff pop up as well. There's some new Heroes of the Storm skins that have come up. And this uh, is from... Rebellion stuff? Resistance. Yeah. Resistance. Resistance. Yeah. Um, there's some new mounts that are available, but there's also, like, some new skins that are available as well. Uh, including, like, Hanzo's got this whole G.I. thing going. And I was then... going to say, they look very G.I. Joe and Cobra, don't they? They do. They do. Um, Deckard Kane has a skin, too, um, and his is called... Desert Ops Deckard Pain, which I think is pretty entertaining. Um, and there's a bunch of different color variations with all of these as well. But I'm sorry, um, but they Desert Ops Deckard Pain. All I can hear is him going up to someone saying, Stay a while and glisten with your own blood. Uh, yeah, I know. Blaze, still, you... Blaze has a few new skins as well. And then, like I said, there's a couple of different mounts. There's um the Badlands Viper Dominator, which is basically, it's like a, it's like a hover bike kind of thing, but it's all camo painted and stuff like that. And then there's the Desert Derpa that looks like, it looks like a robo dog. Honestly, it looks like a robo dog with like a scope on its face, which is pretty cool. And then there's also a flirty cloud. It's a cloud with big eyes and a smiley face, and it's just really cute. Anyway, so all I don't of think these... the cloud is related to the resistance theme. Uh, no, the cloud is not related to the event or anything like that. And it's actually <laughs> the description on the cloud is pretty great. Um, it says backstory: first, you need to get a black mushroom, then convince Leoric to give you a shin bone. After that, oh wait, never mind. It's much easier to find these in the Nexus. <laughs> Yeah. You know how it took me so long to get that done that I was actually doing the other version of it before I actually opened the Yeah. Before I got the whole thing done and actually went to because it's Whimsy Shire and Whimsy Dale. And yeah. I never remember which one's which, but. I think Whimsy Shire was the first one and Whimsy Dale was the second one. Yeah. That would make sense, but I don't remember. I, I never can get them straight in my head. Okay. But yeah. Uh, Whimsy. Whimsy. Shire, I think, is the original because that's the, I remember it being much harder. to Everybody get was talking about Whimsy Shire, like Whimsy Dale. I recognize that because I heard, but Whimsy Shire was like the first thing. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Anyway, regardless, if you if you're still playing Heroes of the Storm, those are going to be available. I think they're already available. If they're not already available, they're on the PTR and they will be available soon. Hey, cool. Guess what? There's still new content coming out for Heroes. Maybe it's not the glut that we've gotten before but there's still new stuff coming out they're still making things for it don't despair folks um also in the list of things that you can purchase the brand new well i mean overwatch league season two it's coming out gosh is it already going to be next week yeah it's next week it's a week from tomorrow the 14th of february valentine's day <laughs> what better oh. for valentine's day than to watch people shoot each other yep overwatch league season two is just about to make its return and because of that obviously the overwatch league all access pack pass it's back for season two and it's actually less money than it was last season and there's some new additions to it as well um 
it was I believe it was twenty nine ninety nine last year. I didn't pick it up because I was like, that's a little steep. But this year, the all access pass for season two, it's only fourteen ninety nine. And that includes the same special chat rooms, you get ad free viewing, you get the command center access, and then on top of that, you'll get point of view streams for each player in the game. This is like a brand new thing that they're doing, which I think is kind of cool. Um, it also includes 200 Overwatch League tokens, a 20% off Overwatch League merchandise code, exclusive chat badges, and if you're a Twitch Prime member, you get 500 bits to cheer for your favorite team. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that you're getting along with it, and this is applicable all season long. That $15 that you're paying, it's not like $15 a month or anything. It's $15 all-access pass. Boom, you're done. Um, yeah. So that's pretty cool if you're interested in checking out Overwatch League and you want in on all of the behind the scenes and all the additional camera angles and this, that, the other. Um, I like the fact that they dropped the price. Because like I said, I didn't pick it up last year because I thought the price was kind of steep. Oh, it's, it, I think it's kind of impressive that they're making it so accessible. I think that it's part of the the whole idea that they know people, there's an interest in it. I, it's the thing with WoW's pricing as a subscription game is you can pay less because they know they're going to get people to subscribe. I think it's much the same thing. They don't have to, they know they're going to get people on this, so they don't have to worry about how expensive it's going to be. They can drop the price and it still will be fine. At least that's my take on it. Yeah, I think so. I like the fact that they're also adding new camera stuff in, in with it too. I'm just wondering how the broadcast is going to play out and what it's going to look like. And if there's going to be any changes from last year, because let's be honest Day one of Overwatch League last year looked vastly different from how the game was shown by the end of the uh, of the season. Yeah, Just very much the so. various like UI elements and the observer elements that they introduced and that kind of thing, it just changed the way. It was a lot easier to watch at the end of the season than it was at the beginning of the season. Yeah, a lot no, that easier. Makes, <laughs> I, that's absolutely true. Yeah, I think to a certain degree, it's to be expected that they would evolve as they went along. And now they've had a season's worth of people, you know, testing what works, seeing what's good and what's bad. So, yeah. But, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not at all convinced that we're not going to see it change even more this year. Um, quite frankly, I would not be surprised if, if it changes pretty dramatically by the by the end of this season, too. Uh, this is so, still something fairly new. I mean, I know we've been watching a lot of game streaming over the past couple of years, but it's still an evolving field. And esports Overwatch in general, League, oh yeah, yeah, esports in general, the Overwatch League in particular, and this kind of you know trying to build almost a network for it. So there's going to be a lot of changes. So I'm I'm interested to see where it looks, what it looks like at the end of this year, what it looks like in five years, stuff like that. That is definitely something I'm I think is worth paying attention. Okay. Um, in other news, I believe 8.1.5 on the PTR, more stuff has been revealed for that, for um, stuff that's going on on the PTR, as far as just different things that are available. There's like different profession stuff that's that's available, and there's different other things that are available. Have you and seen any of this finding... stuff? I've seen you finding, you know, spirit healers available. Oh, yeah. No, that's a bug. That's a bug. That's definitely, that's definitely a bug. But like, there's, um, there's different profession stuff that, that, uh, different profession things that are available right now. Um, including, I believe one of the things that was found earlier today, or maybe it was over the weekend was an eyeball hat. 
it looks like an eyeball sitting on your head and I don't know if this is actually like a cosmetic helm that you can get or anything like that or if it's just a designation of hey this is the the gift of Nazoth like he's watching you and this is just the indication that hey that's a thing that happened um either which way if it's something that you can have as like a cosmetic thing I fully expect that we'll see Mitch in it the moment that it's available <laughs> yeah and and he's probably already working on crocheting one for real life well the other thing that I thought that was interesting is that there are some tailoring patterns that are apparently making a return and these are tailoring patterns that were removed um, during the whole cataclysm revamp so if you didn't get the recipe prior to Cataclysm, you just don't have it. But it looks like they're making a return. And included on that list are the Robes of Arcana, the Belt of the Archmage, Cloak of Warding, Fellcloth Gloves, Inferno Gloves, and the Mooncloth Gloves. All three of those were um, basically, well, I mean, most of those pretty much. They were from uh, Thimblejack's Cache up in Dire Mall North. And Dire Mall North is a very different thing now. The cash isn't there anymore, so you couldn't oh, yeah, get the yeah. yeah, you couldn't get those. Um also the cinder cloth vest and the cinder cloth gloves, apparently those are making a return in some capacity, as lo- as well as the robe of winter night. Um that one has Wait, th- that's gone? Yeah. Because oh, it dropped from the old cobalt mage weavers in winter spring and they aren't there anymore. Like it's that just makes it's sense. not yeah, yeah, it's not a thing anymore. Um See, I so, remember people going nuts trying to get that thing. Yeah, and I have it. I mean, I have it on my tailor, but that's because I leveled that tailor through vanilla, so I got all of these old recipes and things. Um, there's still some that I'm missing, though. I don't think I have the Mooncloth Gloves pattern, so I'm really happy to see that that's probably going to be making a return here in some capacity. Um, the other thing to note, Warlords. Warlords of Draenor Dungeons, those are on the time-walking circuit or they're going to be on the time walking circuit and there's some new stuff that's being added for that including two new mounts there's the beast lord's war wolf and the beast lord's iron tusk one is a wolf one is an elec both of them are on fire kinda they've got like this smoldering effect to them that i think okay. is really interesting that's pretty cool i actually have an, an i have an iron tusk as it is which is yeah. on fire yeah so. this one is a different it's a different version it's a different model yeah. Um, but they look pretty cool. And then the other things that can drop from time walking, or it's being theorized anyway, that it's going to come from Warlord's time walking. You can get commendations for, I think, pretty much almost every reputation that was available in Warlords of Draenor. So the Shatari Defense, Laughing Skull, Council of Exarchs, Frost Wolves, Saber Stalkers. Uh, what was the what was the goblin one? Steam Wheel Preservation Society, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, those are the ones who were out in the Grand. Okay, and then also Arakoa Outcast and the Order of the Awakened. And with all of these commendations, it increases your reputation by three hundred. So it's not like a gigantic chunk of reputation or anything, but it's something where it's like, oh, if you didn't quite finish that off during Warlords of Draenor, or if you just want to kind of boost your rep here and there, there's a way to do that. Um, I wasn't really like super into the idea of doing anything Warlords of Draenor related again, honestly. <laughs> when that expansion was done and over with, I was like, cool, I don't want to go back there anymore. Um, at the same time, though, 
I kind of like that they've added it to time walking because the dungeons were pretty decent. The dungeons were not bad. Um, no, some of I them... think the, the problem we always had with the World of the Draenor wasn't that the content wasn't good. It was that there was not anything to do. So there wasn't enough content, really. There wasn't enough I, of it. I like, was... the dungeons were great, but the thing is, is, like, those dungeons were one of a very few things that you had to do at Endgame. So yeah, it was just overplayed. It was really overplayed. Um, other stuff as well keeps popping up on the 8.1.5 PTR, um, along with a lot of story-related things. I'm not going to go into those because there are spoilers involved, but my jaw has been dropping left and right at the stuff that I've been finding on the PTR. Mm -hmm. So um, for people thinking or worried that 8.1.5 isn't going to be a very big patch, oh no, oh no, there's stuff happening. There, There's things going on. There's one thing I might be kind of somewhat spoilery and we don't know for sure where it's coming from unless I've missed something, but there's a, a mount that I've seen it's it's a one of those Corcoran style werewolf type mounts, like the the ones that they had in, in Warlords, the the revamped Warg model. But it's in Alliance colors. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that thing, but huh. I've seen it. It's it's just one of those. It's it looks pretty much like the uh, the the one that you could get from uh, rares, but instead of it being all felly, it's just a wolf, and it's in Alliance colors. It's that Warlords of Draenor wolf model, but in Alliance armor. So I don't know what's up with that, but yeah, that's just something you should be aware of is out there. Well, with Warlords being added to time walking, that pretty much catches us up to date minus, you know, Legion. But I don't think they're going to add Legion to time walking until the following expansion. Because, I mean, Legion just happened. So I don't think it's going to make the time walking circuit this expansion. I think we'll see it hit their next expansion. However, that means that we've kind of got the full gamut to choose from when time walking rolls around it can be one of any of the previous expansions which i think is pretty cool i'm okay with yeah, that yeah i would i'm i'd be okay with them adding the legion dungeons although i i get why people are like you know legion was just one expansion ago so you maybe you want to wait a little bit but yeah uh, i think I'd that's okay the reason it. why they're not doing it is because it, it was literally just an expansion ago so it i mean it's not much in the way of fanciful time walking <laughs> no I, I i totally yeah that makes sense i just I happen to think it was pretty cool. Uh, the, they, I do love the Legion dungeons, dungeons, though, and and I can't wait to see them hit the circuit. It's just I don't think that's going to happen until next expansion. Until then, though, I mean, I think out of all of the time-walking dungeons available, I think the Mist of Pandaria dungeons are still my favorites. I don't know why. I just like them. I like them a lot. And... I'm, it's weird. I have a kind of a weird fondness for the Burning Crusade ones. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think maybe it's because of I had to readjust my how I tanked pretty heavy to do those dungeons. Uh, I had to learn some a lot of new tricks. It was definitely an experience because warriors were not good for those dungeons. It was very much a well, we can't get a druid or a paladin, so I guess you're you'll have to let the warrior do it. And you know, I, it was one of those things that I worked really hard to to do well in because of that. See, I still just have horrifying flashbacks to um you remember when heroics first came out mm -hmm. in burning crusade do you remember what those were like do you remember botanica <laughs> see botanica was bad especially because the just the you'd trash make it would to the first you'd make it to the first boss and you'd really hope that you didn't wipe on the first boss because if you wiped on the first boss you'd have to clear the trash all over again because it just respawned behind you 
all of it did. Yeah, that's definitely uh, one of the ones I, I wasn't. I like, want to say my first Botanica run took like four hours. For me, the worst one was Shattered Halls. Shattered Halls was awful. <laughs> Shattered Halls, Shadow Lab, Shadow Lab. Once you got past the first boss, Shadow Lab got a lot easier. Yeah, the first, but getting up to the first boss was a nightmare if you didn't have that a gauntlet. Crew. That gauntlet yeah. in Shattered Halls was just—it was awful. It was so bad. Or the trash pulls just before the first boss. The trash pulls that were like five or six mobs deep. Yeah, yeah. And just you was like, okay, we need to CC everything because there's no <laughs> way. You know, because half of them are casters, so they're not going to come over here anyway. Yeah. yeah. It was... It was pretty yeah. horrifying the first time. Yeah. yeah. When when they first came out with Heroic Dungeons, they made them... They were over-the-top difficult. They were they were demoralizing. <laughs> they they yeah, were just... You, it you it didn't, didn't take yeah. them long to kind of nerf things back a little bit. And then they were still tough, but they weren't quite as punishing I the respawning trash though the respawning trash still gives me nightmares because like I said if you got to that first boss and you wiped you had to clear all the way to that first boss all over again it just it you couldn't you couldn't make multiple attempts there wasn't a way to do it unless you had somebody soul stoned and hoped that they could like get out of the way but even then the trash was usually like right in front of the boss so yeah it yep those were fun not... times yep. I'm not in disagreement with anything you're saying at the moment. I, I, I had some unpleasant moments back then. Anyway. Like I said, you know, doing like that six ball. So, yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to some emails. If you guys have an email for the show, you can send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Please include Blizzard Watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for the show. Um, we talk about anything Blizzard related. So any games that you might have a question about doesn't have to just be World of Warcraft, even though we do get, you know, the majority of our emails that come in, they are World of Warcraft related. But hey, we'll talk about anything. Throw us some Diablo questions. Rossi likes those. Throw us some Overwatch questions. I like those. Everybody likes. I don't know. Anyway, send us emails is basically what I'm saying. Um, our first email is from <laughs> Democracy? Demoncracy? De- it, it's a mashup of democracy but demon in the middle. Like there's an N in there and I don't know how to pronounce that exactly. And as much as I had hoped that this was a demon hunter, they are not. They are a human mage from Emerald Dream, so you disappointed me already, but that's okay. Your The uh, email, though, it says, Hi, from the Emerald Dream. Will Thrall ever return to the forefront? We haven't heard a peep about him. I think he might make a surprise return in battle for Azeroth. Thoughts? What capacity would he take on in this new era of the Horde? Sincerely, Democracy. Democracy. Democracy? Maybe? I guess. Okay. That makes the most sense. Anyway, what do you think? Thrall? I honestly, I don't know. I mean, I, on the one hand, he's been gone long enough. Like he, he kind of bowed out at the uh, beginning of Legion and we haven't heard from him since. And it would be interesting to hear like what, what's his take on all this? You know, all this stuff is happening. What's he think? What does he have to say about what the Horde's doing? How, why hasn't he said something? Is he in, currently in a basement somewhere in Orgrimmar? I mean, what, I would not be surprised if Sylvanas, you know, got rid of him, you know, just to make it easier for herself to do the things she wants to do. Here's the uh, deal. I think Agra was expecting a second kid, I believe. Um, and I don't know if that was in Legion or if that was like at the end of war. Like they have the one kid. I think she was going to have another kid. And I know that he wanted to go do dad things and just, you know, chill out or whatever, which was fine. He did come back in 
Legion long enough to lose the Doomhammer <laughs> to an adventurer. So that's a thing. Um, I don't know. I don't think that Sylvanas would have done anything with him. I, I like to think that he's just off doing his own thing, maybe with the Earthen Ring or maybe just like doing family stuff. I don't know. See, we, I was, we haven't heard a peep I mean, from him, though. Yeah, I was surprised not to see him down in Silithus, to be honest. I kind of felt like that's the kind of thing he might show up for, like the whole planet dying. He seemed really upset about the planet almost dying the last time it almost died. So This world uh, is dying. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the whole cataclysm thing, just like he was really gung-ho about trying to fix that. I don't know. So, so I mean, I I think it's been long enough and he hasn't been super prevalent so i wouldn't i don't really have a problem with him showing up i think it would be kind of cool to get to see him again but at the same time i i do feel like the story has moved past him and for that matter like the last time we saw him he was like the elements were like no we're not going to talk to you anymore you you know you did something we didn't want you to do you did it against our wishes you forced us to do it and now we're we're not just not talking to you we're upset with you you need to make amends so, I mean, maybe that was he's the whole making thing with, amends. Maybe he is. And maybe that's like, you know, when he comes back, maybe it'll come back in us in a quest line that maybe we have to help him. Like, you know, maybe he needs our help. I don't know. Maybe he, you know, maybe he's on a tour of going up to people that like he kills stole from and apologizing. Uh, it was wrong of me to kill garage like that. I should have let you do it in the raid. I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know. I have no idea what they're doing with Thrall, but in sincerity, I, th- I do think it would be kind of cool to see him again. I think we've, it's been long enough. Do so. you think if he came back, he'd have any interest in leading the horde again? Or do you think that's something that he's just completely kind of bowed out of t- and lost all interest in doing? I don't think he necessarily wants the job. Like it definitely doesn't feel like he's like leadership is something he wants to do. Um, I could see him doing it, but I feel like, he's definitely changed from the young orc who took up the mantle of war chief all those years ago. Like that guy was brash and impulsive. And while thrall is still certainly an orc and still certainly he, you know, his raised by human stuff has to a certain degree been filed away by going forth and reconnecting with the elements and going back to uh outland and, you know, his, his marriage to Agra, his, he's got more of a connection. I, I'm going to be upfront. They introduced a character in this expansion who is effectively a female version of Thrall. Girl Thrall. Yeah. she She's Juraton and Draka's daughter. Uh, I think Gayara. Is that her name? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. And she's from I, that alternate Draenor timeline. Yeah. She's a Maghar. She's like, she's a Maghar where Thrall is, you know, a, a you know, green orc. Uh, she's born on another world where Thrall was born right here. Um, she's accepted her role as leader, whereas Thrall has turned away from it. Um, she had an actual lifelong relationship with Garash, with Garam Hellscream, whereas Thrall really only knew him in an idealized way. Uh, there's a lot of interesting differences, but also interesting similarities. I want to see them meet. I want to see the, you know, an actual attempt, you know, I know they're not really siblings. Like she doesn't think of him as a sibling. He doesn't think of her as a sibling, but they have the same Does parents. Does he even know that she exists? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think at the moment, but he knew her mother and father. He knew not just his mother and father. He knew the specific Duraton and Draka that were her parents. He met them. He fought alongside them. He knew them. Yeah. I find it kind of so. interesting that we had the Maghar come back from that alternate Draenor. 
and they literally can't go back to it now because of stuff that happened. Um, if you haven't played through the Maghar unlock thing to unlock them as an allied race, I really recommend going and doing that. You won't feel great about it, but there's some interesting lore stuff there that definitely has like repercussions on the main story. And one of those is that these Maghar, the ones that join the Horde, they can't go back anymore. They're just there. They're here on Azeroth. They have no other options. Um, and they didn't come here to conquer. They came here to get away, but they're also willing, you know, to help the Horde because of what happened to them on Draenor. And what happened to them on Draenor was really weird. I'm going to leave it at that. It was really weird. Um, and I'm still, I'm still not sure about how I feel about all of that. Although, I don't know. There was I'm just... still on board with my saying that I do not believe their version of events. I, yeah, because the thing is, is like, and you know, maybe we should talk about that a little bit, just to talk about that a little bit. There's been points in game where if you play a particular faction and you play through a particular series of quests or a zone, um, I think I'll go all the way back to South Barrens, because if you play through South Barrens on Horde, you get one version of the events that happened, and it makes the Alliance very much look like they are at fault. And if you play on the Alliance side of things, it looks very much like the Horde was at fault. And the truth is probably somewhere in between the two of them, but it doesn't matter, because you, what you're getting is you're getting someone else's perception of what's going on, kind of. And that's something that's kind of been brought back into the whole back and forth that's going on in Battle for Azeroth. If you're playing through the Battle of Dazar-Alor, there's some text that happens when you're getting ready to fight Rast Rastakhan. And if you're playing on Alliance side, that text is vastly different from what you hear on the Horde side. Um, and it's all a matter of who's narrating that tale and are they a reliable narrator and i don't yeah desire lore very much has the idea of when you're playing through the bosses that are from the other factions perspective mm -hmm. you are not playing through them you're playing through what somebody is telling you about them yeah like your character does not actually go kill rastakhan obviously like you know your your highborn mage does on not horde join side. in an actual Let's, attack yeah. on horde side yeah, like, on alliance yeah. side yes you do on the horde side you don't yeah, yeah, that's the the horde character. When you're a horde character, you're playing a nightborn mage or a, you know, a blood elf sorcerer, not sorcerer, a warlock. You're not actually going and killing, you know, Rastakhan. You're experiencing what a, a survivor is telling you the alliance did to him. And whilst the alliance certainly does kill him, it's debatable if they say and do the things you see happen in that raid. But that's that's not new. Anne just mentioned um, South Barrens. You can go back as far as South Shore and Taran Mill. Yeah, I remember the the Forsaken quests in in the South. Oh, Shore back in Vanilla. Mill. Yeah, yeah, they were some gruesome things, man. Yeah, but they, very different from the Alliance perspective. The Alliance was, and that's that's always been there in World of Warcraft. And I definitely think it's it's there in the. Uh, the Maghar story, whereas you you get one half of what happened over you're, you're a, getting, like a thirty year period, and yeah, you are kind of you're coming in at the end of that story. So all you're witnessing is the end of that story, and you're listening to the, the tales of one side as far as what happened in that thirty years that you were gone, and 
maybe it's truthful, maybe it's not. I don't know. But the it, characters it be, that you see, yeah. what they pop up, when they pop up and what they say, it's just, it's weird. Like I said, that whole thing is just weird. But that whole concept of being presented with an unreliable narrator or an unreliable narrative even, that's not something that's out of place or new. It's just something that they seem to be dipping into more with Battle for Azeroth. I kind of like it though. I don't. Yeah. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um, it just makes it a little bit harder to dissect the story, depending on which faction you happen to be playing. So there's that. As far as Thrall goes, though, going back, going back to Thrall. Yeah, I would. If yeah, I would like you to see him come back, just to get to see him interact with her. Yeah. Because she's everything he's not. I she's think a... it would be interesting to see yeah. them meet. I, I'm yeah. wondering what would happen if they met. I don't know if Thrall would ever go back to leading the Horde, though. I don't know if he has an interest in it anymore. I I'm think just, he'd be I'm, a really I'm wondering, great... I'm, I'm just wondering if that's even something that he'd be, like, gung-ho about. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, no, I don't I don't know if he'd be really interested in it. I think Thrall would be a great Drek'thar for somebody else. Yeah. Like an, Thrall, on, a, a great... like an advisory capacity. The way Karen was for him. Thrall has matured to the point where he could probably, he's lived enough, he's made enough compromises, he's made enough mistakes. The Thrall who became Warchief hadn't really made any major mistakes because he was all win or die stuff. And he won or he'd be dead and we wouldn't be hearing about him. You know, the, the, the Thrall who destroyed Durnhold Keep and killed the Dallas Blackmore, that's, it was either kill that guy and defeat and destroy the camps or lose and at best get put back in them. Like he didn't have a, there was no failure state that would allow him to continue forward. So he never made any real mistakes. It wasn't until, you know, a few years into his his reign as war chief, he, he messes up, he gets angry, he decides to step down, he appoints Garrosh. You know, the mistakes he, he's made and lived through since have changed him. He's a different character. And I think he could very much be the voice of wisdom for somebody, but I feel like leading the Horde it's a position he would no longer, I don't think he has the taste for the moral compromises necessary to lead a group. And I think that's interesting because that's one of the problems Anduin is having, Alliance side. Anduin is, in, a, in many ways, a very noble, very virtuous, very good person. And being king is not always about how good you are. Sometimes you have to make decisions. Like You see it in Dazarlor, where he's, he's under the impression that he can order a major attack on, on a Horde ally and like this will drive a wedge between them. And you kind of get the sense everybody else is kind of tiptoeing around the fact that Anduin, that's not how this works. Fun story. Anduin is also the same age that Varian was when he became king and the same age that Thrall was when he got to be leader of the Horde. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, these very young leaders get thrust into positions where they, they don't have the experience and you cannot blame thrall for that thrall didn't have the experience because who does you know the 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 horde didn't even know what it was when 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 thrall stepped up it was trying to figure out what are we you know what 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 does it mean to be the horde what does it mean to be an orc and he presented them with something he gave them they were losing it they were losing what it meant in those internment camps the whole the whole um oh my gosh the thing that they were stricken with yeah, the, the 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 I don't remember what to call it either because it's not the blood fever. No, um, it wasn't. It wasn't like the red pox or anything. Lethargy was, or something. Yeah, it was just a general lethargy or whatever where they weren't. But they 
they, they had the their spark example. was gone. The best the best example of that process comes from Sorfang actually he was talking about, you know, it wasn't that we were, you know, losing our demonic essence or whatever, it was that we finally had to face what we'd become. And we didn't know, you know, they sat there and they weren't they were listless and unmotivated. Part of it was the blood, sure, they no longer were hearing the demons, but part of it was looking at what they'd become and what they'd done. And that's why the whole honor thing has always been difficult for the horde, because you have to look at, you know, there's the idealized code of honor that you live by, but then there's victory. It's like, do we want to have honor or do we want to win? And that's why Sylvanas is a really good choice for Warchief. That's why I do want to see Thrall come back, because I think Thrall is very much a character who has been scarred by having to make those kind of decisions. He, him killing Garrosh was a personal thing. I mean, I don't know. You, you've written about it. You like, you, what, what's your take on the Garrosh thing? Like, you think that that's why he lost the hammer? I think, yeah. I, I think that I, you know, this is part of probably a longer conversation, and maybe we should have it on Lore Watch. But eh, we're talking about it, so we'll talk about it now. I think that Thrall spent the majority of his leadership making a series of mistakes, and they were mistakes that nobody really called him on because nobody really knew that they were mistakes until the repercussions kind of came into play. Garrosh was probably the biggest and most noticeable mistake that he made um, when he put Garrosh in charge of the Horde and left. That was his doing. What happened, everything that happened in, in Cataclysm, in Missa Pandaria, all that stuff that happened, Theramore, all of that, Thrall had a hand in all of that. And he still hasn't I don't think that he's, you know, we, we make jokes about Thrall making an apology tour or whatever. But the thing is, is like, I think that Thrall is almost kind of in the same space that Jaina was. Jaina had a series of mistakes that she made and a series of really terrible things that happened. The stuff with Arthas, the stuff with her father, the stuff with Theramore, all of that. All of that was just kind of weighing on her. And we only just saw her come to terms with that this expansion and actually start to move beyond that and step into a space where she could be who she needed to be because I, I think that her path so far her journey so far has been her trying to find her place in the world and getting shot down at almost every turn so like with Thrall I feel like it's kind of the same way Thrall stepped up as this great leader or whatever and he led the horde to Kalimdor to find their destiny and then they sat there in Durotar in the dust and sand after the events of the third war it was like they had this mighty victory up on the peaks of Hyjal and then right after that it all just started to fall apart and you saw Thrall I mean you saw him in vanilla he was trying to make overtures and he was trying to do these various things that would kind of like open some kind of means of having some kind of diplomatic if not, you know, alliance with the alliance, at least a ceasefire type thing where, you know, they were making diplomatic overtures and actually getting along. And nobody was really on board with it. And the further he pushed it, the less on board people were. Until eventually, you know, when Cataclysm hit, he was like, I gotta go do this other thing. It's super important. Here, Garrosh, you watch everything. Bye. And then he just left. <laughs> and he left this horrible person in charge of things. And 
somehow he thought that that was a good idea. And I feel like when he went to Draenor and when he killed Garrosh in Warlords of Draenor, I feel like that was an appropriate thing for him to do because it was bringing that story full circle. But it was an, an incredibly inappropriate thing to do because what he was doing was he was just trying to get rid of all of his problems. And to him... Garrosh was like the source of all of those problems, but it wasn't Garrosh. No, if I'm going to say this, I've always felt this way. When everything Garrosh says in that fight is true. That that moment where Garrosh yeah. screams, what was it? It was you made me. You left me to pick up your pieces. And and there's yeah. that oh, the voice actor for Garrosh is so 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 Patrick Sites, yeah, yeah he's he very is good. so good. And in that in that cinematic it was it ripped my heart out because you could tell when he was screaming all of this that this this was a dude that was like he would have been perfectly happy sitting on Outland for the rest of his life and leading the Maghar but Thrall didn't leave him there Thrall said you get to come back to me with me to Azeroth and I'll show you how the horde really is and and like brought him in to all of this situation and brought him in to all of this it was like it was like finding a tiger and going, "Oh, you're cute. I'm going to bring you home." And then, like, <laughs> yeah, I I felt like from the beginning, I, the story where Garrosh goes to Orgrimmar and is like, "Why are you living in a desert? Why are you, you know?" And that woman confronts him, and she's so angry. It's Krenna, or Krenna. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, Krenna's sister. I can never remember the name. It begins with a G, and I forget it. Gorgona. Grelka. No, it's Maybe? Gorgona. I think Gorgona or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the two that and, were from Northrend, from Grizzly Hills. Yes. Yeah. And uh, they're, you know, the one sister is extremely angry and the other one is like, yeah, she's just, we're, we're here and there's nothing here. There's no food here. We can't really. That's the thing. It's like, in order for the Horde and Alliance to have had lasting peace after Hyjal, the Alliance would have had to actually be in a place where they could have said, all right, everything that happened happened, but we're going to let that go and maybe that would they would have been in that place had anixia not had her fingers and everything and kidnapped varian and did all that nonsense if you see like warcraft 3 the the rexar story if you see cycle of hatred the scars are fresh that the first and second war are a generation ago expecting you know and it there's only so much the the milk of human kindness has never been all that great in the first place the, the idea that the Alliance would just forget all the stuff the Horde did, all the cities they burned, all the people they killed, and just be like, all right, you came to our planet and murdered our people, but you're here now, so I guess we should get along. It's never been realistic. I need to go so, back to that, though. That I need to go back to that, what we were talking about, Thrall killing Garrosh. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I, think I was just, My point Thrall... was just that I think Garrosh was like a perfect example of an actual orc culture war chief. Yeah. Like he... The things he says a true orc war chief, he's not wrong. And I think Warlord shows you that. He he is in their model. That is the way they were. Thrall Thrall had Thrall was not raised in orc society. Thrall was raised in an internment camp by humans who taught him how to read, taught him about the concept of honor from their perspective, and it wasn't until he was old enough to bust out of there at you know, 17, 18, and go find those remnants of orc tribes that he was able to kind of discover his orcish side. He didn't have any exposure to it other than 
glimpses that he caught of other orcs in the internment camps. And then the stories that he got about the Horde and what the Horde should be were stories that were told by Grom Hellscream. And it was like idealized memories of what the Horde used to be. It wasn't it wasn't the real deal. And if you go read, oh, which book is it? Uh, Christy Golden, Rise of the Horde? Lord of, Lord of the Clans or Rise of no, the Horde? No, not Lord of, Lord of the Clans. Rise of the Horde. I think it's Rise of the Horde, the one where they're talking about um, what happened on Draenor. And if you read that book, at the beginning of it, it's Thrall being told this story. And he's being told the story by, I want to say it's Drek'thar. I think so, it's yeah. I think it's Drek'thar that's telling him this story and telling him and laying it all out on the line for him and explaining, dude, this is what happened. Like, this is legit what happened to us. Because until that point, Thrall really hadn't heard that story. And I don't, like I said, when I say that Thrall killing Garrosh was Thrall trying to sweep his problems under the rug it was it wasn't necessarily that so much it was Thrall looking at Garrosh and going you're the source of everything that was wrong so I'm going to get rid of you and then everything will be okay again but that didn't happen and that didn't happen because it wasn't Garrosh that was the source of all of this it was the choices and decisions that Thrall made and the lack it, of it was on that. thrall it was all on thrall and i still don't think that he's quite come to terms with that i don't think that he's come to terms with that i don't think that he's come to a point where he's accepted any kind of responsibility for it whatsoever and i think that's part of the reason why the elements said yeah no we're not going to talk to you anymore because he had he he didn't have that sense of personal responsibility like so what, or maybe what he did saying... and he just wasn't willing yeah. to accept it you know what i mean I think at this point what we're saying is, yeah, there's a lot we would like to see Thrall do, but yeah. I don't think he's going to come back and lead. And I, I should point out that in the chat channel, uh, it, this was just a funny aside thing, um, Slowpoke is a gamer in the chat channel, says, Thrall randomly shows up to apologize to you like a RuneScape random event. Yeah. <laughs> and I keep thinking, oh, it's like one of those little mini holidays that we have. You know how we have like the Colterian, the pub crawl thing? Yeah, or not the, the Colterian. apology uh, tour, you know. <laughs> The dollar in one you're talking about, right? The dollar on one, yeah, with the mages, where it's like, oh, you have the pub crawl, right? So you have, like, the pub crawl thing, only we have one, and it's just, like, Thrall's Apology Day, and if you log on during that 24-hour period, at some point, Thrall will show up, personally apologize to you, and then leave. <laughs> and I don't... Hero. Hero. I must like speak to... with you. I must speak with you. I'm very <laughs> sorry about everything. Look, Look, I was, I was, that was a wrong thing to do. I was bad and I'm really sorry and yeah, I got to go because there's like another in, three to four million people that I have to say this to. <laughs> um, and Liquid R in the chat channel um, has another question that kind of ties into this who says, with Metzen's departure from Blizzard though, can we ever expect Thrall to return? Yeah. Because the thing is, is like Metzen doesn't need to be there writing that narrative to vo do a voice. Like if, if they the called him, he'd do it. Yeah, yeah, if they if they called him and said, "Yo, we need you to record some voice lines for Thrall. Can you come in and do us a solid?" He'd be like, "Yeah, sure, cool." I, I don't I don't ever see him not doing that. You know, uh, same thing with like all of the other voices that he does. He voiced Bastion in Overwatch, the the robot. Yeah, that's his voice. <laughs> so I mean, it's not like he doesn't do vocal work for these guys. It's just that he's not in there anymore as like you know director of creative development or whatever 
I forget what title he was carrying when he left. It was a very major title. He was just the head dude in charge. And he doesn't need to be the head dude in charge to come and do some voice lines for Thrall. Um, I also think that if anyone was able to give Thrall some kind of resolution, it would be the current team that they've got writing because what they did with Jaina, this expansion, was phenomenal. And it's still ongoing. It's not done yet. Her story's not done yet. There's more coming. Um, a lot of that jaw-dropping stuff that I was talking about from 8.1.5, it involves Jaina and other characters, but Jaina is ver still very much in the picture. Um, she's not done yet. Her story's not done yet. And it shouldn't be. I don't think it should be. But I think just based on the treatment that they gave Jaina and the way that they brought her back in and they actually addressed all of that stuff that hadn't been addressed for so long, I feel like they could give the proper treatment to Thrall, especially since they've got Christy Golden on board because Golden was the one that wrote Lord of the Glands in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm in agreement. Okay. Um, we managed to take up most of the show with that email, so... I was going to say, ordinarily, I would uh, I would bring in, you know, another email, but we're like at the point where we've got five. Oh, wait, no, we have one little email here that's a short one. We'll go ahead and do that one. This one is from Elvarka, who's an orc shaman, who says, Thromka watchers, do you think the Moonguard and Suramar were under night elf jurisdiction before they were attacked by the Nightborn during the Legion expansion? In other words, the Moonguard, the ones that were up in the stronghold... Were they yeah. in touch with the rest of Calderai society or were they working independently on their own and nobody knew they were there? I don't think that they were working for like um, Taronda or anything, but they were definitely night elves. I think it's much like the wardens where the wardens had a bastion there and they were pretty much doing their own thing and they weren't reporting to anybody. Uh, the do you Moonguard think that Taronda been... and the rest of the night elves, do you think that they knew that the moon guard were there? Because the thing no. is, is like they didn't know about Suramar or anything. See, here's why I don't think they knew they were there. The Moonguard mm -hmm. are sorcerers. Yeah. They were, in fact, the, the remnant of the group that Illidan had been in command of for a while. Yeah. I think what you're looking at was the last group of pure night elf sorcerers who weren't taken into Suramar when it went under the water. They survived up in those hills. They kept to the old ways. They had their little bastion, and it was enough for them. And then the Nightborn lived in their bubble. And there was the only time they would have seen any Nightborn is the rare occasion where like people got exiled. I think that no. the the closest parallel, if you want to talk about parallels, is that the the Moon Guard are to the citizens of Suramar and the Nightborn as the Shendralar were originally to the Night Elves on Kalimdor. Because the Shendralar they were down south they were doing their own thing they weren't in contact with anybody and maybe the stuff that they were doing was a little bit disastrous here and there but the point is is that they were removed and i feel like the moon guard was removed from suramar in the same kind of capacity where they were off doing their own thing yeah i mean keep in mind they were in the area we call suramar but the area we call suramar is is a much larger place than just the city of suramar the people of Surmar were in that bubble and they weren't coming out. The only time someone came out was when they got exiled. The area around Surmar was just that really kind of pastoral going back to nature wilderness. And then up in the mountains between that area and high mountain, 
that's where the moon guard were. Well, I think what you have to look at here is that the part of Suramar that was saved under that bubble, it wasn't the entire city of Suramar. It was no, like no, the no, center portion too, yeah. of it. So but like I the mean, ruins yeah. that you see, the, the overgrown ruins that you see, the pastoral, all of that, that used to be city. It used to look just like interior bubble Suramar, but it's been well, overgrown sure over they, thousands of years. I'm sure they actually did some building in there too, because they were stuck in there for that whole time. Oh yeah, I'm but sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, give everything a fresh but, paint job but, every now and again. Build a night well. Uh, but yeah, ult- ultimately they were, it's, it's exactly like Anne said, that's a really good analogy. I wish I'd come up with it. They're like, they were the old group of the moon guard that like when everything was said and done, when he, when the well of eternity was done blowing up and everybody had fled, they were left on that little chunk of land and they, they didn't have any reason to leave it and they had nowhere to go. And they're, they're still affected by the pact that the night elves made. So they still ended up living. They probably didn't know what was going on. That would have been weird for them. Why don't we ever get old? But yeah, so I think that's basically what just happened. They were night elves, but they didn't work for Tyrande. They probably didn't, hadn't even heard her name. Because keep in mind, she wasn't famous before the war. I mean, they might have um, been aware of her because she did. I mean, that's where she grew up. Yeah, I don't think she was that important even then. She, no, she wasn't. She was just a novice priestess. Late. Yeah, she was yeah, just a novice at that point. Yeah, they might have known because they might have been the remnants of the the group that Illidan led. I mean, we saw what happened to most of the Moon Guard under him, but some of them survived. They mm. might have known who Illidan was, and thus they would have known who the other leaders of the rebellion were. But you know, it's just I don't think they were. They weren't in contact with the world, and so getting sla- getting slaughtered by the Nightborn after ten thousand years of not seeing those guys, they would have been like, "What? You know, what the heck is that? Why are they killing us?" You know, they knew they were there because they would occasionally get. Uh, you know, one of the the withered would come out. So they they would have contact with them. They knew what was going on in there to a degree, but they didn't expect this. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully that answers your question there, Elvarka. Um, we have more emails here, and we'll just go ahead and carry those over to next week. That's fine. But hey, sorry, again... you asked us a thrall question, guys. <laughs> you asked us a thrall question, and it took a while. Um. Again, if you guys have a question for the podcast, please send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Put Blizzard Watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for the show. And you can ask us about anything Blizzard related. We're all good with talking about just about anything under the sun. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads free site experience. And I would also like to say, just, you know, for the record, thank you guys for listening. Because like I said, the site just celebrated its four-year anniversary. We wouldn't have made it these four years without you guys. So, um, and thank you. And we look forward to continuing to give you good content, good podcasts, and good everything else in the future. Rossi, you got anything to add? (laughs) No, no, seriously. Like, uh, you know, this... When when we got to the point where we were going to start this, we didn't know what was going to happen. We were kind yeah. of up in the air. It was an uncertain time, and you guys have made the past four years possible. I mean, yeah. you made it. There's a reason to do it because it's because of you guys. So, sincerely, thank you very very much. Anyway, on that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Thank you guys as always again for listening, and we will see you again next week. 